You're listening to a Big Finish production. So, this my room, is it? Sir. You can put me bags down. Expected something a bit fancier, seeing as I'm down south. But I suppose I'll have to do. Sir. Don't say much, do you? Sir. You needn't stop. I'm not tipping. What was that? <laughs> Light doesn't work. Brilliant. Hey, mate. Light doesn't work. And this door's locked. Are you having a laugh? Come back here. Can you hear me? Hey. What the hell? There you go, boy. He has seemed tired lately. Oh, just a little touch of digital distemper, nothing a thorough reboot won't fix. And now the coordinates are set for the Great Exhibition of 1851, and off we go. What is so great about it? Well, slightly grandiloquent term, I agree, but just think, Leela, an immense vista of glass and steel stretching right across Hyde Park, showcasing all manner of mechanical marvels, ephemeral, yes, but diverting for an afternoon, I think. I do not like mechanical marvels, especially when they try to strangle me. Well, we won't be on a sandminer. No chance of strangulation with Merriweather's Tempers Prognosticator. <laughs> Merriweather? Hmm. Ingenious device. It uses leeches to predict thunderstorms. No. Yes. They wriggle around in gleeful anticipation and then set off an alarm. Oh, there were plants like that in the forest. No. Hmm. We called them storm flowers. Their heads would quiver before the great rains came. Oh, forewarned is forearmed. Whoa, what was that? Eh, probably nothing. A splash of time turbulence, I expect. Oh, oh! Are you sure it is nothing? Nothing, Leela. This is very gravely serious, or it will be if I do nothing about it. Then do something! We're being dragged off course. The TARDIS is getting caught up in a temporal disturbance, but... Yes, I've stabilised us. And now I'll try to get us down. That's odd. The TARDIS sounds damaged. No, 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 she's all right, but... We've been snagged. In a tear. In a tear in the fabric of space-time. So we will not see the Great Exhibition? Well, not just yet, anyway. Here we are in London, 1977, a few miles southeast of Hyde Park. But this tear stretches around... 200 years onward from the early 19th century. Then we are near in space, but not in time. Oh, very good, Leela. You're learning. <laughs> ah. And the TARDIS won't go back any further than the late 20th century, which means we must be near the epicenter of the disturbance. Is it dangerous? Probably not. But it's best these things don't go unchecked. At the moment, it's only a tear. 
but a tear can become an anomaly, and an anomaly can become a paradox, and a paradox can be a very serious thing indeed. Remember that business with Jelny? Then we must mend this tear. It is our duty. Well said. How do we mend this tear? With a very special needle, thread, and thimble. That sounds clever. It's just not good enough. The room's filthy and that racket was a last straw. Sounded like a herd of elephants across the corridor. I can only apologise, sir. Uh, Edwin has your bags. Put them down, Edwin. Uh, yes, sir. Are you sure you won't reconsider? A discounted rate for the remainder of your stay? You're lucky I'm not asking for a full refund, Mr Tulip. Here's the key. Good evening. Of course, sir. The customer is always right. Peasant. He was meant to be staying all week. Sir? And you can shut up too. That's the third one to leave without paying the full wax since Monday. This whole enterprise will be over before it started at this rate. Well, any ideas? I never thought it would Oh, be don't bother. You're part of the problem anyway, sitting there like a gargoyle. We need to smarten this place up. I just took down all the bunting the previous owner had left up from the Silver Jubilee and put it in the cellar. Like the rest of this place, it's filthy down there. It is a cellar, sir. That's no excuse. Where's Maureen? She is gone, sir. What do you mean, gone? Gone, sir. Where, I do not know. So I've got to find a new chambermaid, too. I tell you, if the council got wind, we'd be shut down pronto. Come to think of it, that wiring down in the cellar looks dodgy, too. Wiring? The electrics man. Oh. Leave it till tomorrow. For now, check all the empty rooms, which is most of them, and make sure they're presentable. We can't fix the building overnight, but at least we can rinse the hairs off the soap. Hairs, sir? Soap, sir? Get on it, man. At the double. Oh, joy. Hello, the Cross Keys Hotel reception desk. How may I help you? Ah, uh, Mr. Ronald Tulip, I presume. Speaking. I'm calling from your... I wonder if you would do me the honour of joining me. Room service isn't... Of course. What can I get you, uh, Mr... No, no, no. I would like to discuss something to our considerable mutual benefit. Discuss something? Well, the phone? It, it's a matter of business, Mr. Tulip. A potential capital investment in your premises. I'd rather speak to you in person. Investment, you say? In this place? I mean, that does sound very... I eagerly await your arrival. Then I'll... Bitter broad? Capital investment, eh? Hang on. Edwin, do we have a VIP suite? The centre of the time disturbance should be quite close by, but it's hard to get an accurate fix from inside the TARDIS. This should help, though. That device does not look like any needle I have seen before, Doctor. Rather an elegant solution, I think. It uses circuits from the TARDIS's temporal stabilizers. Should help us to find the tear and fix it with time left over for a cup of tea. Oh, that's annoying. Yes, the rain is getting heavier and night is falling. No, not that, although I agree it's not the warmest of welcomes. Oh, that's better. Oh, the disturbance seems to be located in that building opposite the station. Is that the disruption? No, probably the 2004 to Brighton if it's on time. Do put that knife away, leader. Or frighten the commuters. Here we are. The Cross Keys Hotel. 
It does not seem heavily defended. Well, hardly the Ritz by the look of it, but at least we'll be out of the rain. Is that a good thing? Does the Ritz have many more guards? Oh, quite a few, yes, and easy to recognize. They have top hats and tails. Tails? Mm. I will look out for them. Yes, you do that. Come on. Heads, tails, tails, heads. Edwin, look lively, man. Heads, oh! What are you doing? Flipping a coin? Honestly, what kind of an impression do you think that makes? I do not know, sir. Sit up and smarten yourself up. You look like you've been sleeping in that uniform. I... We've got to think about the kind of clientele we want to attract. See what I'm wearing? Fresh shirt, regimental tie. Take note. Now, I've got an important meeting upstairs in the VIP suite, so I need you to mind the desk in the unlikely event anyone else shows up this evening. What is an unlikely event, Doctor? We are the unlikely event, Leela. What do you mean? You'll see, you'll see. What? Oh, good evening. I... What do you think you are? Uh, I think I'm the Doctor, and this is Leela. Are these the only guards? This is definitely not the Ritz. You don't look like a doctor to me. More like a jazz musician or something. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have been known to tinkle the ivories now and then. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Boom. But mostly I play the fool. Now then. Uh, I'm afraid that we're fully booked tonight. So you and your hippie friend here will have to look elsewhere for lodgings. I do not know this hippie tribe of which you speak? We have many rooms free, sir. Edwin, what was I saying about clientele? We don't want any of your peace and love around here, so... Peace and love? He doesn't know you very well, Leela. What on earth? Oh, 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 this. It helps me to detect anomalies. Hmm, things that shouldn't be here. Things that shouldn't... Did the council send you? Are you from environmental health? I didn't know they had doctors of sanitation. The doctor is a doctor of many things. Their kitchen's actually closed now, so perhaps you'd better come back in the morning. Nonsense. Why, there's absolutely no time to lose. Not a millisecond. All manner of dangerous infections could thrive in a place like this, Mr... Mr... Tulip. Ron Tulip. Oh. Dare I presume that you are in charge here, Mr. Tulip? Yes, but... Oh, Lord, will you excuse me? Hello? Oh, yes. Sir. Is the tear nearby? We're very close, but I'm having difficulty locking onto its precise location. It's shifting around. That's the problem with temporal errata. They're somewhat erratic. <laughs> and if you finish on the phone, Mr. Tulip, perhaps you could give us a little tour. I have an unavoidable business meeting in our VIP suite, which must occupy me for the time being, but my porter Edwin will show you around. Edwin. Uh, sir? Show the doctor and his, uh, secretary around. I am not the doctor's secretary. He definitely doesn't know you very well. I will be back to listen with undiluted attention to your no-doubt searing insights. Now, if you'll excuse me. He is afraid of everything and angry about being afraid. Well, if we're lucky, it's only common garden paranoia. And if we are unlucky? Leela, it's not just storm flowers that shiver before the tempest strikes.
come in. You asked to see me, Mr... Ah, Ronald. Splendid to make your acquaintance, young man. Thank you so much for coming up. I'm sure you must be very busy. Well, it's true that a place like this doesn't run itself. But Your uh... presence is much appreciated. Time is money, after all. You're a man of business, too. You have me at a disadvantage, Mr... Uh, t- take, a, take a seat, take a seat. You'll pardon me if I don't get up. <laughs> Knees a bit creaky. Not what they were. You have my sympathies, sir. Let's stop me so formal. I do like what you've done with the room, by the way. What I've done with the... Ah. Uh, yes. It is surprisingly grand, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing but the best for the VIPs, eh? No. I mean, yes. It's odd. It feels as though I'm your guest rather than the other way around. Nonsense. I'm just enjoying my stay in your oh, excellent hotel... Excellent. Look out of the window. What do you say? I can't boast about the view, I'm afraid, especially at night. No, Ronald, look a little further, past the railway track. Let your eyes get used to the darkness. What do you say? The gas works. Look further. I don't know what you... Oh. <laughs> you see now. My boy. The view's changing. What the hell's going on? Calm yourself. Just keep looking. Skyscrapers. Mm. All glass and steel. and It's like New York or something out of a film. Oh, better than that. Triumphal arches. Towering monuments. All so straight and clean and ordered. Everything in its right place. No litter, no layabouts. It's... it's magnificent. (laughs) And look over there on the horizon. You see that flag? And great sharp tower bathed in light. It's huge. Look, look what it says on the side. Tulip. Why, that's my name, Tulip. (laughs) So it is. Mm, Your future looks bright, doesn't it? I... Oh, this is crazy. I, I can't just... just... Reach out with your mind, yes? Feel how real it all is. How exciting. It's all too much. I can't... Excuse me. I have to check the gas meter. Mm-hmm. Stupid. I know, I know. But he'll be back. I know him better than he knows himself. (laughs) This is the first floor. Thank you, Edwin. It feels strange here, Doctor. Like it is harder to walk or, or think. Yes, I feel it too. We must be close. What's on this corridor, Edwin? Bedchambers, sir. Tell me if you see anything unusual. Does anything look unusual to you, Leela? Mm. The walls look sick. Oh, that's just the wallpaper. It is like someone has tried to paint a forest on them but has never seen what a tree looks like. Oh, Leela, I never thought of you as a connoisseur of flock wallpaper. 
Aha! The wallpaper is different here, Doctor. Not so thick. And this mirror is huge. Yes. Ormolu mouldings. A bit cracked. Rather a bit out of place here. Oh! Oh! It is just... Oh! I saw your face in it, Doctor, before my own appeared. Yes. There's a distinct time lag between what we're doing and what's happening in the mirror. Hello, Doctor. See? My reflection takes a good second or two to wave back at me. There I go! Truth. Have you ever seen anything like this before, Edwin? Oh, I, I know nothing. Oh, well, Leela, if this is the tear, it should respond when I activate my device. Now, that's odd. I can see myself. I should hope so. No, I can see myself running up some stairs. I am fleeing from something, some great beast. No, no! What is it, Edwin? What do you see? Oh, hell, fire and damnation, no! No! I'm burning. I'll not abide it. No! Edwin! Oh, let's save our batteries. Interesting. But Edwin, One Doctor... thing at a time. You say you saw yourself, you said. Yes, I, I was being hunted. And did you see where you were? It was hard to tell. Some stairs? Stairs? Did they look familiar at all? No, but what about Edwin? Well, you'd better go after him. Calm him down and find out exactly what he saw. It could be important. I think he's got more to tell us than he's letting on. Yes. He moves like the quarry in the forest. And I'll investigate the tear a little more. It's localised around this mirror, but it keeps shifting. Be careful, Doctor. Edwin? Edwin, where are you? Now, let me see. I hope I haven't brought a needle, thread and thimble when I need a pneumatic drill. Heads. Tails. Heads. Heads. Edwin! Oh, you can come out from behind the desk. Miss? What are you doing? Flipping a coin, Miss. Maya, lucky penny. Why do you do that? It calms me, Miss. And after what I've just seen. In the mirror? Yes. The fires of hell itself. I saw myself burning to death. No word of a lie. I do not think you are lying, Edwin. I believe you. Thank you, Miss. I... Struth! What's that? The bell on the desk. It is ringing. Can you not see? Well, of course I can, miss. But he's doing it all by itself. What now? Ghosts? No. Look. The walls are shifting. The, the lights are getting brighter. The whole room is changing. There you are. I've been waiting in this lobby for over half an hour. It's true. Where did you come from? The Millennium Urban Regeneration Company. I'm here to survey the building ahead of its refurbishment. You were not there a moment ago. Please, don't insult my intelligence. I do have an appointment. That weird caretaker gave me the wrong directions. Caretaker? Scarf, curly hair. Oh, you've met the doctor. The doctor? I don't know about that. I feel fine. I was talking to whoever it was about half an hour ago, and then I... Uh, um... Look, here's my pass, Deborah Harris. Haven't you been briefed either? Oh, I, I know nothing. Whatever, we're behind schedule. I have to look at this whole place from the bottom up. Let's start with the cellar. Now, I... She has vanished. No, miss, look! Come on, I'm not hanging around anymore. Uh, you are back. Let's not dither. This is the way, isn't it? You're meant to be showing me around. I do not like this. It is strange, Edwin. But perhaps we will learn more by staying with her. Do not worry, I will protect you. More than just a tear. Not what the doctor ordered, evidently. Well, I wouldn't like to presume. 
Ah, Doctor, you're talking to me from inside the mirror, or rather, the anomaly? Indeed, I am. The locus of the disruption shifts between this mirror and the room directly above it. Can't go into too much detail, laws of time, causality, and all that, but upstairs, things are about to get rather paradoxical. Oh, dear. That bad? Perhaps I should take a look. Perhaps I should. It's... Oh, I faded away, and just as I was about to say something fascinating... Hello? You're breaking up. Mm, great. No reception. Hello. Now, where have you materialised from? Must be in a black spot. I... Do you work here? A work experience? I, I wouldn't go the whole hog. I'm here to survey the building. Deborah Harris? Did you get the email? Afraid not. Brilliant. Actually, where am I? I wasn't here a moment ago. Deborah, could you tell me what the date is? What? Diary issue, is it? The 13th. This was signed off months ago. And a year? 2003, of course. Now, where? Oh, she's gone again. There the cords of time broke. Uh, what's broken? Who are you talking to? What? The anomaly, of course. Oh, there's more of you. <laughs> time must be breaking down. Will you excuse me, please? Excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me, please. Time's pressing. I know. But we can't leave the room, can we? Not that he can know that yet. Hello? I told you. Make yourself scarce. Come in. Sorry to rush off like that. Had a bit of a funny turn. Oh, not to worry, my lad. You're under a lot of pressure, aren't you? It's no joke running a business like yours. No. Um, look, am I going mad? What did I see through that window? Opportunity, young man. I'm hardly young. Take some advice from somebody with a longer perspective. You've time enough. You're talking as if your life's already over. Feels like it sometimes. Change and decay in all around, I see. I used to be so full of hope and energy when I was younger. We were going to build a land fit for heroes. I did my national service. Mm, best years of your life, eh? I would have stuck with it too. Worked my way up the ranks. If they'd have had me. Short-sighted. Yes, that's what they said at the medical. Not you, them. They couldn't see your potential, could they? And yet here you are, making a go of it. I don't know about that. And I don't know you. Or do I? Why am I even telling you all this? All you need to know is that I... I'm a very rich man, and I see in you qualities that could take you to the top. That world outside you saw, it could be yours. It will be yours, if you just listen to me. This is all very sudden. Things are about to get considerably better for you, but tonight is going to be unusual, to say the least. Expect the unexpected. Keep your wits about you. And keep your head down. I will, I will. That chap from the council turning up out of the blue, and now they say it's a lot to take in. What uh, chap from the council? Environmental health. A doctor, apparently, doing an inspection. A spot check with some kind of apparatus. Oh, Lord, I, I hope this won't make you reconsider your... Don't worry about that. What does he look like, this person? A polytechnic lecturer. Or a busker. And as for his secretary... I, I don't remember any such uh, doctors. I'm sorry? 
Never mind. Be on your way and remember my advice. I'll call when I need you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. I don't know, or what it means to our plans, but I don't like it. It is hard to see in this cellar. Be careful on these steps. Whole place needs an overhaul. What are all these cardboard boxes full of bunting doing here? Oh, I know nothing. I can't stand bunting. What is your precise area of responsibility, by the way? Uh, porter? I was expecting a facilities manager at least, but you'll have to do. And you? Look at these bricks in the wall. What about them? They're changing, rippling like water in a stream. Water? What are you talking about? They're just bricks. But if there are any leaking pipes, that's obviously an area of concern. According to the spec, the main junction box is down here. Edwin, I know you can see it too. Sometimes the bricks are new and yellow. Other times they look like the walls of a cave. I... You can tell me. This doesn't look very safe. The wires, madam? And this electricity meter looks archaic. Have you got a key for it? Um... It is buzzing. Should it do that? No, I'll just take a reading. I can't see a thing. I, I might fetch a lantern. Uh-huh. Here's another light switch. What the hell? The circuit breaker must be faulty. That box is on fire. Oh no, the cardboard boxes are catching a light. Quickly, back up the steps. These are the flames I saw in the looking glass. <sighs> the door has sealed shut. <gasps> help, help. No, Doctor. we're in all perish now. Help oh. Ah, Mr. Ron Tulip, is the VIP suite through there? Yes, I suppose it must be. You don't seem very sure. Uh, I was just talking to someone about you. I can't quite remember who it was, though. Oh, and I understand, Ron. A coherent conversation in the centre of a temporal anomaly can be rather tricky for the average human brain. Cause and effect don't always see eye to eye. In fact, sometimes they're not even on speaking terms, which makes me think I should go through to the VIP suite. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, uh, no, no, wait, you, you can't just... I'm go a very important person myself. Ask anyone. Excuse me, Mr. Tulip. VIP suite. Oh, it's empty. Looks more like a store cupboard. I wonder. Ah, now, that's much more grand. Indeed it is. And who, pray, are you? Ah, hello. Haven't we met before? I don't think so. I'd remember. Oh, yes. It's Mr. Tulip, isn't it? Rather older than the version of yourself I've just been talking to outside. Lord Tulip to you. And who are you? Uh, I'm the doctor. Don't get up. I wasn't going to. You seem rather well informed for a public health inspector. Oh, all part of a training, your lordship. Now, if I've met you before, but you haven't met me, then we are at the intersection of two parallel timelines, yes? which puts us slap-bang in the middle of a temporal anomaly. So I'd say you're about 40 years older than the Mr. Tulip outside. 50. I pride myself on being well-preserved. Uh, well, whatever you do, do not shake yourself by the hand, however smug you may feel all hell could break loose. I don't recall soliciting advice from you, Doctor. I'm not sure you should even be here. Well, neither should you. And if I don't do something about this anomaly, it could turn into a full-blown paradox, and we don't want one of those on our hands. 
Oh, uh, may I introduce my business partner, Doctor? This is the Hedian. I'm not sure whether it appreciates your commenting upon matters that really don't concern you. <laughs> In fact, it might be staging a hostile I don't recall soliciting advice from you, Doctor. I'm not sure you should even be here. Well, neither should you. And if I don't do something about this anomaly, it could turn into a full-blown paradox, and we don't want one of those on our hands. Or should I say tentacles? Oh, uh, may I introduce my business partner, Doctor? This is the Hedian. I'm not sure whether it appreciates your commenting upon matters that really don't concern you. <laughs> In fact, it might be staging a hostile takeover. I hate DNA. I recognize you from my I Spy book of temporal parasites. Oh, what a grip you've got. But you'll find me rather too rich and gamey for your tastes, I'm afraid. What have you done to it? I hate to cancel a dinner date at such short notice, but must dash. <laughs> you stay here, Lord Tulip, and I'll talk to you outside. Now stop! You may not leave my presence! Ah, Mr. Ron Tulip, and in the flower of his youth, no less. What are you talking about? Um, what are you doing to that door? Uh, just a little maintenance with my sonic screwdriver. Keep things contained for the time being. This is my establishment, and I don't take kindly to... The lock shifting in and out of this time stream, Mr. Tulip. This is very, very bad. What? Very, very bad? I don't think you're from the council at all, are you? Not for some time. Come on, Ron. It might be safer if you accompany me downstairs. Get your hands off me! I don't remember having a lift installed. Well, when the hell did that happen? Just a few seconds ago. And terribly convenient for us after you. Excuse me, I'm very lost. I am looking in the bathroom. It suddenly got very full in here. Be careful with my case. It contains a theorable for the Bishop of Woolwich. Where did you spring from, uh, Reverend? Please, tell me. Will you please let me in? Let me in! Oh, Mr. Tulip! Mr. Tulip! I'd better get after him. I wonder if the stairs are still here. Hey, what do you mean? He tasted wrong. He is not like the rest. He tasted like a time travel. What? Why is that even possible? I don't remember him being here before. He has knowledge that could disrupt our plans. Nothing must get in our way. This is my destiny. I cannot... We cannot be... I will take action. What do you mean? How? 
Oh, you know. Is it your son or daughter or...? Ah, so the smaller one can leave the room, I see. Oh, that's handy. Desperate times call for desperate measures, eh? I must have reached the basement by now. MC Escher would feel right at home here, or Hold on! Hold on! <coughs> Doctor, help me get Edwin out. Here we go. <coughs> No toasted porter today. There, Deborah. Good to see you again. What? The fire's gone out. But it was blazing. The hotel is shifting in time, dragging in elements from different time streams, mainly people, but parts of the building too. This is mental. Rest yourself. Did you not mend the anomaly? It's not so simple, Leela. Something has got into the tear and is exacerbating the instability. Like a piece of dirt in a wound that makes the wound bigger? Exactly so. In this case, it's a nasty parasite called a Hadean. It feeds off displaced time energy, and with so many different time streams colliding, it'll be building up quite a larder. A larder? It eats time? It can drain the time fields of simple objects, but it finds organic life forms rather more tasty. We must kill it then, or it will eat us. <laughs> We're in luck. Time travellers are indigestible to it. These other two won't be so fortunate. And what caused this tear in time in the first place, I wonder? Let's find out. You two must come with us. Oh, must we? <coughs> we could do it. <coughs> could do with a bit of fresh air, at least. Edwin? Oh, clap me in a pie and clap me, Mary Andrew. Hey, that's an interesting turn of phrase. Edwin, are you hiding something from us? <sighs> the porter still lives. Oh, how? He was meant to have been burnt to a crisp. <sighs> the doctor. What do you mean, the doctor? How do you know? I feel it. But if Edwin's not dead, then how can we secure our future? We are dealing with That's it. That's as may be. But I need Ronald to make the choice, to see that the end justifies the means. What are you doing? I'm making a telephone call. It's not enough to keep his head down. Ronald will have to join the fray himself. We are looking for a lift. I didn't see that in the spec either. Oh, I thought this was going to be a nice, quiet afternoon. Set me up for the weekend, but my phone's still dead. Ah, so, Edwin, when you looked in the mirror, you saw yourself burning to death in the cellar. I'll gammon you no longer, sir. I'm listening. I am no porter, nor do I know what these electrics are you all do speak of. I found myself trapped in this cursed place for months now, and I've survived as best I can. Where do you come from? Parish of Atcham, sir. Not so very far from here on foot. But getting back there from this place is, is as impossible as milking a pigeon, sir. Ah, Hatcham, eh? What year do you think it is in Hatcham? Oh, I've little learning, sir. But uh, King George, him as was a uh, regent before, he's been dead these two years, far as I know. Uh, 1832, then. Go on. I found these clothes in a closet when I come to this place. Mr. Tulip called me porter as soon as he clapped eyes on me. 
But I'd rather angle for farthings than devil portrait here any further. I thought I were in limbo, so I did, but for Mr. Tulip being more fool than flesh, if you come my meaning. What do you know about Mr. Tulip? A right common chub, sir. He talks of money and power, but the devil does dance in his pocket. He's not two apennies to rub together, spite of all his swagger. Thank you, Edwin. Most enlightening. Ah, the lift. Let's call it. I just caught the end of that. What's he on about? We are investigating an anomaly. The hotel is filling up with guests, Deborah, fading in and out of this unstable time stream. But I haven't seen anyone from as far back in the past as Edwin here. Oh, this is just ludicrous. Oh, I've got some reception. Perhaps if I go a few steps more... Uh, call me when the lift comes. Ah! The instability I detected in the TARDIS stretched 200 years from the early 19th century onward, so... If I can send Edwin back to his own time, that should sew up one end of the tear, yes. And here's the lift. Back to the mirror. Deborah! <coughs> Deborah! There's something after me! Oh, I don't know what it is! <coughs> Deborah! <coughs> Deborah! Let her go or taste my knife, beast! Ah! You have dropped one of his tails off me! Tentacles, but it has many more. Oh, my hand! Into the lift, all of you, quickly, into the lift! Oh. Come on, stay calm, into the lift. Come along! All right, yes, 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 oh, steady. Easy. Oh. Hurry, now, Deborah. if we can just speed the lift up a bit. Hurry, Doctor. And up we go. Uh, that was the Hadea? A smaller version of the one upstairs. Must have split itself by binary fission, like an amoeba. How's your hand, Deborah? It hurts. Your skin is like an old woman. Rubbish. You want to see how expensive my hand cream is? Oh, my. What's happened to it? Oh, I feel really strange. She fades. Stay with us, Deborah. I have got you. The Hadean tried to eat Deborah's time energy and bit the hand that feeds it. But the more energy it devours, the stronger it will get. Ah, the first floor. This should take us back to the corridor with the mirror. And, oh. I say. One at a time, please, ladies and gents. I've never seen the place so busy. I say, Porter, could you fetch my golf clubs from the car? I happen to be the owner, sir. Edwin! Edwin! Where has he got to? Chop, chop, old bean. I... Uh, very well. What's wrong with the front door? It, it's... stuck! Dash, Porter. It's fused shut. Where's that aspect distra come from? I... Uh, expect... Expect the unexpected. Uh, now, sir, there's a little problem with the door, but he's gone. Uh, excuse me. Uh, may I get to the reception desk, please? Uh, thank you. Uh, hello? Ronald, the plan has changed. The plan? Yes, sir, the plan. Events have forced my hand. We must take drastic action. Drastic? Go to the safe and get the service revolver. You keep there. Now, there's no point denying you have one. They told me it could be rough south of the river, so... I, I know you only keep it for emergency. This is one such emergency. What do you want me to do? Two staircases, Doctor. Two staircases, Leela. This is the right floor. It's the building that's changing by the second. The wallpaper looks familiar this way, though. Oh. How's Deborah? She is weak. I 
will carry her. This is a powerful, strange business, sir. But if you can send me back home, I shall climb as many steps as lie before me. Good man. I shall run here and scare him, sir. Doctor, when I saw myself fleeing the beast in the mirror, these are the same steps. That wasn't the fixed future, Leela. It was one of any number of possibilities. Edwin here did not die in the fire as he foresaw. I did not see the creature catch me, Doctor. We should separate. Perhaps it will buy you time. I can't let you take that risk. What's happening? I feel so faint. <sighs> Deborah's popped off again. Where is she? Go, Doctor, go. All will be well. Stay safe and run fast. Thank you, Miss. Go. Now. Uh, oh. Who are you? All right, love. You here for Michelle's hen as well? I do not know Michelle or her hen. Come with me. Not much further, Edwin. I recognise that doorway at the top of the stairs. My legs are tired, sir, but my heart is strong. Here we go. Put your shoulder against this. It's a bit stiff. <laughs> Whoa! Saints preserve Careful. We must be 30 floors up. A city in the sky, sir. A thousand lanterns hanging in the night. Yes, quite impressive. Oh, are we in paradise, sir? Or atop some church spire? We're inside what's known as a skyscraper, Edwin, but never mind that view. Look behind you. The doorway we do want has just reappeared. No time to lose. Please, you are in great danger. I'll say, when you hear what they've got planned for tonight. Hurry! All right, love, I'm just getting my room key. Oh, could you hold my luggage for a second? We have no time. Oh, your luggage is very heavy. The great beast. Great beast? Oh, I like the sound of it. Stand back. I will protect you. Where has she gone? I see you, beast. And now you see me. Stay back. I have luggage. Ha! Did that hurt? It is as I foresaw. Then, catch me if you can! The first floor. I'd know that flock wallpaper anywhere. The mirror, sir. Will you do your conjuring now? Well, let's hope my device is powerful enough. Yes, good and strong now, Edwin. If I can return you to Hatcham, that should stabilize the initial disturbances, if you'll forgive that description. I have been called worse things. And time should start to correct itself now. If I turn it up a notch, then you should... Edwin, stay exactly where you are. How annoying. Alas, then all is lost. Heads, tails, heads. What have you got there, Edwin? My lucky penny. May I? Why does it squawk so? Edwin, your lucky penny is absolutely boiling with temporal energy. Can I take a closer look? Thank you. Edward Knight, minted over 50 years from now. Wherever did you find this? It was on the ground in front of the Cross Keys house, sir. I picked it up just before I come here. Ah. I think this might be a bad penny. Something from the 21st century found in the 19th. Can I keep hold of it for a moment? Do what you will, sir. Now, let's try the temporal stabilizer again and... <coughs> Something's happening! As I thought, Edwin. This coin from the future dragged you forwards in time, as long as you held on to it. Now, without it anchoring you... Sir, the world fades from You're me. going home to Hatcham, Edwin. <laughs> Thank you! Goodbye, Edwin. Goodbye. Oh, hello, Doctor. Well, I wouldn't like to presume. Oh, Doctor, 
Indeed I am. The locus of the disruption shifts between this mirror and the room directly above it. Can't go into too much detail, laws of time, causality and all that, but upstairs things are about to get rather mm, paradoxical. Perhaps I should take a look. Perhaps I should. It's Mr. Tulip. And with a gun, no less. Talking to yourself, Doctor. Ever get a feeling of déjà vu, an occupational hazard in my line? I thought you were a nutter. What can I do for you? Upstairs. Now. Splendid. I hear you, but you will not catch me. I am smaller than you, but I am faster. Oh, how many more steps? The top never gets any closer. Ah! Oh. Doorway. Out of the way! You must run! Can I have a hot water bottle? <laughs> the rest of you, follow me if you do not want to age to death! Enter! Room service! Ah, Ronald. You've arrested our troublemaker, then. But I've been terribly cooperative. Oh, you fixed the door, I see. Shut up, you. Never mind, Tim. Now comes the real test of your metal. I wonder what that entails? You have a gun in your hand. I didn't think it would get that far. Oh, come on. A gun has only one real purpose, hasn't it? Oh, what a strange man you are, Doctor. Me? Strange? I'm not the strange one around here. Doesn't it strike you as strange, Mr. Ron Tulip, that a man you just met this evening has persuaded you with apparent ease to take someone prisoner at gunpoint? Is that not strange, Ron? I... it is strange, but... Do you even know this man's name? He... I trust him. I... I don't know why. Ah, Ronald. I thought we'd have this discussion at some point, but the doctor has precipitated things somewhat. Look closer. Don't you recognize me? You... Are we related? Oh, a lot closer than that. Here I sit before you, peer of the realm, friend and financier to princes and prime ministers alike. I... Uh, no? Well then, I am Lord Ronald Tulip. I am you. What? That's insane. I'm going mad. A lucky penny for your thoughts. How obliging. The doctor has a coin in his right hand. Take a look at it. Ah, uh, here you are, Ron. Note the date. Did you get it from a joke shop or something? That's in the future. And what a glorious future. Look out of the window, Ronald. It's all mine, that is. All yours. The view from the penthouse. It's so Beautiful. The coin. It tingles in my hand. Mm. Oh, a dead end. I am sorry I led you here, but I will protect you as long as I can stand. Oh, grown fat on all the people you have eaten, you will taste my knife again before you feast on me. I will... What is happening? <gasps> oh, you have all become soldiers. What are you doing here? 
We're not authorised personnel. She must have escaped from the processing facility downstairs. Deborah, you are here again. The beast, it has gone. What? What did you call me? Deborah, you are older and your hand has healed. She's got a knife. Put the weapon down. We will use lethal force. What is this place? Where is the hotel? Get on the floor! Uh, 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 I saved you, Deborah. It's Major Harris to you. I don't know how you know my name, but I have never seen you before in my life. Order's through, ma'am. She's to go upstairs. Head office. So we've got a VIP in our midst, have we? On your feet. Those stairs. Move! More stairs. That will be a change. Oh, excellent. Your associate will be joining us shortly, Doctor. This is all too much. I can't think straight. The human mind is not equipped to process such a knotty temporal nexus. But you seem surprisingly lucid, Lord Tulip. I've had years to build my empire, my reality, out of the squalid foundations that Ronald currently inhabits. To burn it all down and start again? Of course, my mind is sharp. Mm. Speaking of burning, I wonder what you remember about the fire in the basement. It could have been nasty if left unchecked. Fire in the basement? I knew that wiring was faulty. What was the damage? Well, hard to say in a shifting reality, but you'll be pleased to know Edwin got out of it alive and is now back home in Hatchel. Mm. Well, that was unfortunate. But now we have contingencies. Enter. Doctor! Hello, Leela. Escaped the ruffian on the stairs? Yes, but there were many stairs. You need us, sir. Remain outside. This is a private meeting. Very good, sir. She looked familiar. It was Deborah, but she did not know me. Another timeline. What's your whispering about? You have come far, Lord Tulip. Now let's see, in the timelines you remember, Edwin died and the fire gutted the building and... How was that efficacious to you? I, uh, well, Ronald found that coin in the embers. The very same coin you see in the presentation case on my desk there. It's always given me luck. Ah, that would account for the deepening of the initial tear. Do go on. Well, Ronald had the foresight to set up an insurance policy that paid out a substantial sum after the fire. I visited occasionally and helped him to uh, invest it wisely. Your capital investment? You used foreknowledge that you remember giving to yourself in the past. And so, Leela, the anomaly feeds on itself and escalates into a paradox. The wound gets deeper. Edwin's death was unfortunate, but nobody missed him, and I was able to conceal it from the authorities. Could have been rather inconvenient. Death is never convenient. The ends justified the means. That beautiful city out there. Could I have jeopardized it for the sake of some nobody who was in the wrong place at the wrong time? Not anymore, Lord Tulip. I've sent Edwin back to the 1830s, so that's sewn up one end of the paradox. Are you safe, then? As he'll ever be. And since Leela and I entered events here, Lord Tulip... Maintaining this timeline must be getting increasingly difficult for your charming business partner. Where is it, by the way? Hang on, I thought I was going to be your business partner. Ronald has greatness within him, Doctor. He must now make an even starker moral choice. Stop talking over my head. The Doctor is currently the only obstacle to our plan. So you must remove him. 
I... He will not do it, Doctor. He is no warrior. Look at that world out there. I didn't get where I am today without making tough choices. End him. End them both. Ah, uh, I see, Lord Tulip. You need to push Ronald into making the choice to become you. Oh, you have a cool head, Doctor. I'll give you that. Pity it won't be in your shoulders much longer. Oh, come on, Lord Tulip. Stop tiptoeing. Can't you see you're being used? There's no such place as Utopia. It's just a convenient food supply for your Hadean friend. The more stable this timeline gets, the more it destabilizes the timelines adjacent to it, and when it's done consuming everyone and everything in this reality, it will spread its infection even further, even to the edge of doom. What's a Hadean? Haven't you met yet? What are you doing, Doctor? Calm down. Stop thrashing about. Wow! That hurts. Who's he talking to? Look, Mr. Tulip. Look at what created this empire of yours. Oh, security! <laughs> Get in here at the double. Get that device off the doctor. Sir, you called. You... What the hell is that? Squad, fire a will. No, you idiot. Don't! <laughs> I turned all the soldiers to... to dust. It is huge. Hanging like a vine all around the room. Look, Ronald, look at what you become. Is this what you really want? He's pierced through with tentacles. They're growing into his body. I mean, my body. It's disgusting. Think how powerful we are. How powerful you could be. Don't, don't, don't point that gun at it. How can you even move alone in your chair, leering out of the window 50 floors up? What kind of a life is that? I don't want to end up like some fat spider in a web. I own this future, you fool. <laughs> oh, Ronald, no! Don't let him touch you. Run, Leela, run! You can't throw it all away. This future you keep going on about looks really overrated. You know what? You can stick it. I'm happier being a pessimist. Get, get your hands away from me! Hello, my dear old Taris. We made it. Hold on to something, Leela. a big explosion. Yes, Ronald and Lord Tulip released a huge burst of temporal energy when they touched. What happened to them? Well, Ron should be all right, perhaps a bit of a sore head, some memory loss, but he'll never grow into Lord Tulip. And with any luck, the explosion should have sterilized the paradox. Or perhaps not. Is it the Hadean? No, no. That's tied up the 21st century end of the anomaly, but there's still a slight trace of instability at the start. Let us finish it then. Yes. I'll plug the temporal stabilizer back in, and then we'll trace it back to its source, 1832. Voila. See a penny, pick it up. Was Edwin's? Yes, must have been thrown back in time in the explosion. The last gasp of the Hadean, no doubt, but I got to it before Edwin had a chance to snaffle it up. What will you do with it? Oh, it'll be neutralized once we're back inside the TARDIS. Now, 
How about a short hop, skip and a jump to the great exhibition in 1851? Will there be more stairs? Only a few. Did you mark that great macaroni in the bonnet and muffler? Swipe that fallen penny I had my eye on. Ah, oh, pay it no mind, Edwin. Come to the tap room for a pint of Stingo. Aye, time enough for a drink, I reckon. All the time in the world. soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Kill the Doctor. Out of the way! Look where you're going, you clumsy fool! What are you doing? Oh, welcome to Drummond. It has shops. Cities are trouble. Cities bring us bad luck. Ah, interested in the new Palm Portal X? I'm interested in most things. Found him tech shop on Plaza Algiers. Whoever he is, he's not from around here. Look at that scarf. Oh, hello. Are you shop security? This is where you end up when Drummond wants nothing to do with you. And these are all forgotten people. But there are so many. It takes a lot of money to survive in the city and there's only so much to go around. Constable Joyce, Drummond PD, I want to talk to you. Hello. Hello, sir. You don't want to kill me? Everyone else has taken one look at me and turned homicidal. Is that the radio? Big finish. We love stories. Ah, people will listen to any old tosh these days. Briggs, and I'm the director of The Bad Penny. It's got that feeling of everyone being slightly wrong-footed, with something unfathomable going on, and the normal sort of surface being subverted into something crazy, which is what, you know, Doctor Who does really well. I think there's a real um, flavour of that other lovely series, Sapphire and Steel, in it. There's definitely that going on. I am Dan Starkey, and I have written this episode as well as being in it. It's very exciting writing for the uh, fourth Doctor. Uh, I submitted a couple of ideas, and obviously there's a whole lot of expectation that you've got with the fourth Doctor. Which, so lots of ideas that I had were very, very sort of like gothic horror in tone, and were a bit similar to ideas that other people were having. But sort of like this was um, a variety of ideas that I had that sort of uh, David suggested I make more seventies. So yeah, I uh, sort of conflated a couple of things like uh, there's bits of faulty towers or riding damp or something that was a kind of background. But there's a little bit of H.P. Lovecraft, a bit of Doctor Faustus. And 
and yeah, just lots of things mashed together in hopefully a, a satisfying whole. This was a, a two-part story. So the thing which I found most challenging was getting all the ideas into a nice, concise structure, because I think my thing is, uh, which I find most challenging, is, is plotting. So I had enough material for like four or four or five episodes and so I so lots of lots of uh, tangents to go off on but actually having it and John Dorney was very helpful in sort of uh, helping me construct it there were lots of detours into lots of other weird difference of time zones and other earlier drafts uh, earlier the main part of it was actually sort of getting the synopses together because first of all you submit a synopsis that um then the BBC will look at and so like say yeah or nay and then once the synopsis was agreed on it was pretty straightforward to write really so it was it was it was nice it, it's Tom Baker here Doctor Who here we go uh, Here we are. The Cross Keys Hotel. It does not seem heavily defended. Well, hardly the Ritz by the look of it, but at least we'll be out of the rain. Is that a good thing? Does the Ritz have many more guards? Oh, quite a few, yes, and easy to recognise. They have top hats and tails. Tails? Mm. I will look out for them. Yes, you do that. Come on. Excellent. Good. Happy. Uh, yeah. You both happy? Yeah. Good. Happy. It's particularly bonkers and shifts in, in and out of time, even w within the, the narrative, the Doctor himself shifting in and out of time, and Leela. But then, you know, it's got to be, our sort of stuff has got to be kind of bonkers in a way, because otherwise we will be judging it on all sorts of uh, different standards. As long as we play this thing absolutely straight and sincere, and making no comment at all on these miraculous methods we have of transporting each other around the world or going back in time, it's a wonderful innocence of it, and uh, and sometimes you let me do something a bit knowing, but and I go along with it because um, it's my ideal state of innocence, really. You know, these these sweet stories, which are very violent, and yet isn't it interesting? Our violence doesn't disgust. It, it's it's just so neat. I think from the classic series, the episodes that stick in my mind, which I had on VHS when I was a kid, like the Robots of Death or the Talons of Wang Chiang. That whole period is, is very quite sort of. I can hear lines that ping out that are sort of good, uh, that are good ones to hang 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 dialogue off. And uh, and obviously having worked with Tom and Luke quite a bit now as well, I sort of knew what that dynamic was. So yeah, it's been very enjoyable, and I can sit there in front of my laptop and quite happily talk to myself in uh, <laughs> in those characters' voices. I mean, one thing as well, having the supporting cast, having all the different sort of characters as well. I had enormous fun writing sort of Edwin's cod 19th century dialogue as well. And you know, I wrote screeds of that, which most of which I chopped out because I was having too much fun writing it and it doesn't necessarily serve the plot but um, yeah so it's, it's, it's been it's been an enjoyable process and it's, it's lovely to hear the cast now just really sort of taking it up and, and running with it well it's lovely and he's very flexible about little suggest minute suggestions which often make make a big difference and of course he, he can play lots of uh, smaller parts if he feels like it and his prodigious virtuosity for sound effects defies human comp where you can suggest something about a, a tank engine misfiring and he can come up with some kind of noise, never mind animal noises or bird noises. He's wonderful and a captivating companion to be with and not very tall. So it was good. I had a nice photographic session. He stood in front of me and laughed and I laughed too. We laugh a lot at Big Finish, don't we? I love it and it's got great characters too the sort of interesting notion of someone creating a time paradox through helping themselves to be successful. 
but with alien backup. It's nice, it's nice to have a monster in it too. There's a lot of great visual imagery in it, which is conjured up very well, particularly the business of the tentacles protruding out of Lord Tulip. <laughs> One thing which I want to, you know, I like to embrace with, especially with audio, is different characters should sound different and speak differently as well. And I think that's part of the fun of working in audio, that you embrace not just the sound design, but also... I know the things that I would like to do as an actor, and I hope that that's something which I sort of pass on in the script that I've done. Hello, my name is Greg Haste, and I'm playing the character of Ron Tulip. I'm purely everyday man Ron Tulip, and by the time it gets to Keith Barron, it's uh, Lord Tulip, who's uh, very successful. But all is not what it seems. But it was very interesting because actually I, I'm, I grew up in Yorkshire and uh, so did Keith. And he's been quite present in my life because I used to read the Yorkshire Evening Post when I was a kid and I used to look up who was born on my birthday, the 8th of August, and uh, Keith Barron was one of those people. So just by happy happenstance, it's been really particularly good casting because I'm actually born the same day as Keith, but only I'm a little bit younger than he is. So how apt. Keith Barron, Lord Tulip, would you please? I've had years to build my empire, my reality, out of the squalid foundations that Ronald currently inhabits. To burn it all down and start again? Oh. Of course, my mind is sharp. When you read it initially, you think, what? What, what is this? And then it all kind of fits together which again I like, you know. He and I are exactly the same age. Yeah, he's he's great. It's so wonderful, isn't it? Actors of his quality coming down here and enjoying themselves with me. I've been very lucky, really, about writers. You know, in those early days from the Dennis Potter stuff, and right through, really, and I mean, with all the, the comedy, Eric Chapel, the comedy stuff, the duty free that I did, that's why I've been fortunate because you need somebody who can recognize that you can do both sides of it. Keith Barron as Lord Tulip was just brilliant, actually. He thought about the character, he thought about the voice. I had a little conversation with him beforehand because Greg, who plays his younger self, Ron, you know, obviously we had to sort of match the voices. Luckily, both of them are from the same sort of part of the country. They're both from Yorkshire. So I spoke to Greg about it, and then I went and had a word with Keith, and he said, well, you know, I was thinking I could use more or less my voice rather than putting something on. And I rather like the fact that as Lord Tulip gets older, he relaxes more because the young Ron puts on airs and graces and tries to behave posh, but Lord Tulip doesn't because he's achieved greatness and he's he can do what he likes and no one's going to criticise him. And I love the fact that Keith had thought about all that and was really totally on the ball. I can't actually remember him tripping up at all you know, which people half his age often do. Great concentration, still great force in his acting, and also little unpredictable and very exciting interpretations of lines, not, not just the run-of-the-mill obvious thing, you know, very, a very idiosyncratic and interesting performance, I think. And a lovely guy, seemed to have a nice time, was very happy when he left, saying, you know, oh, this was really great, thank you very much, it's, it's brilliant. And, you know, we're so lucky to, I mean, we've worked with him before at Big Finish a couple of times, but so lovely to have someone of, 
of such standing. You know, he's a bit of a television legend, really. There was a there was a sort of golden period of television where he seemed to be in everything, not just your average series. He was in sort of landmark dramas and, and things like that. You know, really emotional, gutsy stuff. No, it was a pleasure for me to work with him. I can, um, I'm very proud of the fact that I've worked with him. Actually, I'm quite excited about that. I only did one episode with um, Peter Davidson called Enlightenment. And I still get letters about it. It was a very odd piece. It was all about the ship. And there were like model galleons. Yes, it was exciting. Hello, I'm Andrew Ryan, and I'm playing the part of Edwin. In the script, it says, ne'er do well, Dickensian character. So there you go. So I've been transported from 1832 to 1977, and I'm a little bit puzzled slightly fish out of water, and then time travellers and monsters and very confused, I think. Laura Rees, I'm playing Deborah and Major Harris and hen party guest. Deborah is, you know, she's obviously a bit posh. She says, I mean, certain words, I mean, one of the earlier words she says is dither, let's not dither, you know, so you think, and so naturally, instinctively, you go, okay, so she's, um, she's a bit more well-spoken, and yeah, I suppose she's a bit uptight, you know? Um, she's on a schedule that is obviously not going to plan. And yeah, and that tightness increases with my next character, which is Major Harris. So Major Harris is the older version of Deborah, as the name suggests, she is at that point working in the, uh, well, in the army. And then you got hen party guests, which is self-explanatory, really. Only a few lines, uh, trying to make it as different, as different as I possibly can from, from Deborah, Deborah Harris, Major Harris. I'm Louise Jameson and I play Leela. Well, the wonderful thing about Dan, I'm just counting up here how many parts he's playing in this piece. The rest of us are only allowed when we write one or two guest artists. But of course, Dan, because he's got this amazing audio ability. I mean, he's probably the finest audio artist that we know. Wouldn't you say he's incredibly versatile? He's got a whole enormous cast list here because he's playing everybody. It's wonderful. I think it's a lovely script. It's really straightforward, simple, lovely storytelling. It's, you know, it's quite a clear story. The characters are incredibly well drawn. And he's a huge Doctor Who fan, as we all know. So, he, you know, he's got all that knowledge, all that history. A couple of little references to other adventures that we've had in there. So, yeah, he's, he's uh, joyous to be alongside. Whenever I've done a radio play, there's always been the part of the day where um, you're playing multiple wild tracks, characters in corridors, huge crowds of people. So I thought that's one thing which we can embrace with audio, that you can have a cast of thousands when you've only got three people with good vocal technique in a studio. So I thought, why, let, let's use that. So uh, it's nice how, uh, again, I'm playing a blobby monster, which I'm very happy to do, as well as a variety of ridiculous and unpleasant characters. So it's, uh, it's great. Tom's very sort of modest and typically sort of deadpan and dismissive about the amount of work he does on the scripts because he says things like, uh, I've had little else to do, I'm paraphrasing. It's rather stronger language he uses. But it's very clear right from the word go. When I come in early before the recording to, and sit down in the green room and Tom's there usually before me or hard on my heels, the first thing he talks about more and more as we do these is the script. And he's, you know, he has a thorough knowledge of it, all from the doctor's point of view. 
he's you know he doesn't believe he should know what else goes on in the script he he's very, and he has clearly read it many times probably rehearsed it to himself and um it's really useful to have a leading man who has a, a really not just a knowledge of the script but a real helpful feeling for the the thrust and the theme of it so he he makes very intelligent suggestions about um, what other characters should say and none of it diminishing the other characters all of it bringing the other characters out as much as possible so yeah he's very engaged with it like many people they were big fans of the escapism that this afforded i used to read all the target books when i was a kid and that kind of stuff so this is a big tick for me things i wanted to do with my life was to get to work with these wonderful people and they're brilliant they're very welcoming and fun you know, we've just had lunch and I've heard all the uh, anecdotes and stuff, so it's excellent value and uh, it's lovely to be in, in Doctor Who, yeah. It's interesting, actually, just the other day I was watching a, a documentary about, I think it was the Robots of Death, which, funnily enough, is referenced in this story when they talk about um, mechanical things strangling you, we're not on a sand miner and all that, so I thought it was funny that I'd just watched that, where Michael Bryant, the director of Robots of Death, is talking about his experience with Tom and how Tom always wanted to do uh, interesting and uh, and things that are not the norm and then sometimes he would suggest something completely crazy and then he'd say or oh, we could just do it as it's written and I just thought goodness me all these years later he's still doing exactly that you know it's still Tom Baker is still the same he still has the same approach to the program he's still always really concerned that you should never do the obvious thing now sometimes on audio you have to do something that's a bit obvious to make it make the visuals clear so sometimes I have to say to Tom best not to do that but I can't tell you there's so many brilliant suggestions come from him and it's clear that he works really really hard and that's uh, well a useful and b really gratifying it's lovely to work with someone who you feel that what you're doing with them the production genuinely means something to them and he did actually say today between takes he just threw this away but it's a massive thing to say he says I, I, I live for this that's what he said to me. I live for this coming here with you boys. It's also nice for a man of my age to be called a boy because you do start to feel quite old. So it's nice to be identified as a boy. I quite like that. I might start wearing short trousers. To be, allow yourself to, to subsume your own personality into one of our preposterous ones, let alone mine, is such a pleasure. And the way heroically some people have only got 10 lines. You get people in to do 10 lines. And the way they do it, the way they go for it, you know, no down market thoughts for them. Playing it as if they were playing Lear or Hamlet or something, the same enthusiasm, and sharing a point of view and listening carefully. Sometimes when Nick and I discuss a little scene which involves a couple of other actors, I know that they're listening carefully because they know no one is trying to score off them, but glad to have them there. And and look forward to it and enjoy it. I can tell all that. Whew. If only you were here actually with us today, you'd absolutely love it.